0: We're glad to be here, in case you don't know me, those of you who are new, I used to be one of the pastors being punished here, okay? And uh, I think Pastor Peter realized that uh, I deserve a break, so he said, why don't you take care of the international satellites and you go to Europe, you go to New Zealand, you go to Australia, just kidding, okay? Um, Really, um, uh, we're glad to be back, but in... um, five days' time, we're flying back to the Philippines. I really don't like to go back there anymore because the heat here is adorable, okay? (laughs) I I don't think there's, no seriously, if there's a place where I'd rather be, I'd rather be home. But I think God has uh, called us us to to do something. So I'll be home to report what is is transpiring with all of the CCF satellites. Um, across the world, and it's not working. Okay. There. Okay. So, um, just just glad to report to you that um, you know for the past two years we've been going around and um, helping people plant churches, and I'm I'm so uh, blessed to see what's happening around the world, and in Canada alone there are 10 CCF satellites already. Would you believe? Yeah. Yeah. 10 satellites. And. And that in less, than, in less than two years, two and a half years actually. And uh, here in the US, uh, there are two presently, there are three actually, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and um, uh, Hawaii, but um, there are two more shaping up. I was, la- I was in Seattle last week and it's very probable that uh, we will have a CCF Seattle soon. And um, yeah, please, yeah, praise God, okay. and. Um, um, I, was, I was told, I was given a couple that I should engage in Las Vegas. They are a couple who are very passionate to do something. And then there's also one couple that we're discipling in, in Chicago. So, you know, but really, you know, God is amazing. And I don't see any reason why CCFLA will start to be the one sending leaders like you to plant churches in Anaheim, in San Fernando Valley, in Bakersfield, etc., etc., etc. Why are you not reacting? <laughs> uh, are there not enough leaders here who would like to do that? Okay, I think there are. So, pray for us because we really would like to see um, a lot more leaders stepping up and helping. So, anyway, I'd like to introduce my wife, my wife Grace. Okay, please. And, you know, every time, every time I introduce my wife, people look at her, then they look at me, and then they look at her again, and look at me. question they ask is, how come? You know, guys, miracles happen, okay? And if it can happen to me, man, it can happen to you. Right, so, I, I thought I'd start with a, a prayer, because I think... Um, Leaders of this country, actually, I don't know if you've seen this picture. Uh, We may not have a very popular president, but we have a president who's willing to be prayed for. And I think he declared that today and probably the whole week is going to be a day of national prayer for this country. So why don't we rise and pray, okay? Lord Jesus, thank you that we are in this country, a blessed one the heart of Christianity even. And we thank you that we have leaders now who are open to putting you back, putting you back in government. And while they may not be as popular as they seem to be, Lord, the fact that they are willing for us to declare a day of prayer for this country, we thank you for that. And we pray that you indeed touch the heart of the president of this nation, our president, Donald Trump. Lord, I pray that whatever seed that has been planted in his heart would grow. May He may not be evidently a Christian at this point, but we thank you that there are men around him who are willing to counsel him. And we pray that you will give him a heart that will listen so that he can be the Christian that he, he needs to be to lead this country to where it should be. God, a God, uh, a country that trusts God in everything. Father, there is a lot of things happening in this country, so much that we are overwhelmed. And we commit this country to you. We pray, Lord, that this nation, people made up of many Christians, will humble themselves. You said it in your word, if my people will humble themselves and pray Lord, you will hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. And that's our prayer, Lord. I pray that this nation will be healed, and you will use every Christian in this nation, including us, especially us, O oh Lord. Begin with us so that we can indeed see a transformation rippling and circling and moving around in this nation so that this nation will indeed be great again. Bless our leaders. Bless our people. We commit this time to you, Lord, I pray that you will stir our hearts to see what's going on. And if we see what's going on, Lord, I pray you stir our hearts even more so that we stand up and do something and not just forget about what's going on and just move on with our lives as if nothing is happening. Transform us, O oh God, beginning in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. You know, this, this group of Christians, I think, Pastor Rinsong, are the most committed Christians in the world. Okay, did you hear me, Pastor Rinsong? It's not there, okay? Why? Because these people would choose to be here rather than be in the beach out there, okay? I, you're not convinced, are you? Or okay. oh, you'd rather be in the beach too? And you were forced by Pastor Rinsong to be here. No, seriously, I think these are the most uh, committed Christians. So, I'd like to start by stirring your hearts, One of the most cowardly things ordinary people do is to shut their eyes to facts. In other words, deny. So I'd like us to start by looking at what's going on around us and hopefully not shut our eyes to it because I believe Christians are not cowards. I believe Christians really have a burden to do something for what's going on in the places where they are. They're not cowards. Maybe the reason why we are where we are is because we don't exactly know what's going on. And that's the reason why we need to see the facts. And I would like to start with using scriptures and even current events to be able to tell us what's going on. In Luke chapter 10 verse 2 it says, Jesus was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. What's Jesus say? Before before I ask you what Jesus is saying, um, let me ask you a question. Do you think this is still true today as it was over 2,000 years ago? Wow, really? Wow, you know, right? The problem is not the harvest. Look out there. There are so many people searching for answers. There are so many people out there ready to hear the gospel. They're looking all over the place. But you know what the problem is, according to Jesus? The laborers. They are few. Whoa. And then Jesus said, Therefore, you guys pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers. So, What was true 2,000 years ago is still true today, I believe. Say amen to that. Guys, we need laborers, and they are few. And today, the laborers are still few. Many are not willing. Worse, many are not qualified. Two reasons. One, many are not willing to get out of their comfort zone and for those who are willing, they're not that qualified to make a difference. So, another verse. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. What is this? What is the exhortation here? Very simple. Though we need to pray, so meaning there are many laborers who are entangled with sin and that's why they're not qualified. Meaning many Christians today are encumbered. Many Christians today are, are entangled with sin, which we call, in simple terms, disobedience. Many of us are like that and we're not aware of it. And I think it's time to really Call a spade a spade. And we need to pray, guys. We need to pray for qualified laborers who are not encumbered and entangled with sin. Hmm. Another verse. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. What's our calling? We're called Christians. We're called to follow Christ. But are we walking in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called? You answer it. Qualified laborers are those who walk worthy of their name, Christians. Worthy of the name, Christians. Another verse. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need again for someone to teach you elementary principles of the oracles of God, meaning the word of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature because of practice. Have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Point, practice is required to become mature, qualified laborers. Many Christians remain infants because they do not practice. Practice is required. And you know what practice is? Make disciples. You know, I keep talking about these key two words, make disciples. It's right behind me. This is who we are, and that's what we stand for. And until we see the significance of what this is and how it is connected to the issue of the day, we will never be able to say, say, now it's time for me to make disciples. Another verse, the famous one. If practice is required, this is the verse. Make disciples. You're familiar with it, and I'd like to submit to you that it's very simple. Qualified laborers are disciples who make disciples. So if we are going to pray for laborers for the harvest, hey, we need to pray for disciple makers who will make disciples, who will make disciples, who will make disciples. That's the key. So I entitled my message this morning, wanted radical Christians because the laborers who are qualified are the radical Christians. Oh, there is such thing as a radical Christians? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, the only Christian that there should be should be radical, and I'll talk about that more. Radical Christians are made. They're not born. Radical Christians are made. They're not born. Radical Christians are built up. They're not born. You just don't wake up a disciple maker. You don't just wake up a Christian, no. You were born again, but you have to what? Be built up to become a radical Christian that you need to be. I need help on this expression by G.K. Chesterton. And I need a very good English philosophical guy to interpret this. Who do you recommend? Timi, Timmy? Siguro Timi mas magagaling ano, okay? Oh, si Ike kaya, si Ike. Okay, let me call Ike, Ike, Ike. Oh, oh, George. Oh, George. Okay, George. You know, he, here is, here is a deep expression of G.K. Chesterton, a well-known leader, a uh, 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 very spiritual person, and a teacher. He said, Christianity has not so much been tried and found wanting, as it has been found difficult and untried. I read this 20 times, I still could not get it, okay? I mean, man, these guys really speak deep English, but I think George will be able to interpret it for us. Okay, George? Give a shot, George. What is, what is G.K. Chesterton saying? Christianity has not so much been tried and found wanting as it has been found difficult and untried. Maribik okay? Uh, George, go ahead, George. <coughs> While George is thinking, I think we should think of lunch, okay? Good, you agree? Yes. Ah, see? So I told you, he's a leader, ready to lead another CCF satellite somewhere there, okay? <laughs> Woo! Okay. You know, this is, this is sad but true. Okay? Parapraise. While Christianity is the answer to the present social disorders, it is not proving so because it is not practice truly and fully. Guys, look around you. The social problems we're seeing today, all of the issues we're seeing today, teenage pregnancy, drug addiction, juvenile delinquency, name it, they are all okay spiritual in nature. If we want to solve this problem, the solution should be spiritual. And you see, if there's anything that's spiritual, Christianity is. And what we're saying is this, if we want to solve the problems around us today, hey, Christianity is the answer. The problem, though, is it's not proving to be so because the Christians are not practicing it truly and fully. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is really sad but true. No wonder, okay, leaving the church today the young people, the millennials, are living the church today in droves. And everywhere Grace and I go, every time we see young people, we are, we are excited. Because when we see young people in the church, we know that this church is going to be healthy and it's going to last. But you go to other churches, promise, if you go outside and look at all the big church buildings, try to go inside and what you will, what you will see is just you know a bench full of people and most of the people there are what? like me and Pastor in Song, geriatrics, okay? <laughs> no, Pastor in Song is still young, actually me, okay? Uh, George, okay? <laughs> I mean, old people, folks. You don't see the young people anymore. They're leaving the church in droves. Why? Look at the numbers. The millennials. Born between 1980 and 2000. If you are age 18 now, or 17, and you're probably age 35, you're a millennial. Okay? And, you know, according to this, they are the the biggest segment of the demographics, but they are the least religious in the American history. Look at them. 65% rarely attend church. They don't care about church. It's not relevant. They say 70% say church is irrelevant. 13% consider spirituality important. Only 13%? Yes, what are they focused on? They're focused on 84% of them are focused on job success. My goodness, no wonder the young people are not here. I mean, not in this church, but you go to many churches, they're gone. They're leaving the church in droves. I submit to you, they're going away. Now why is that? Very simple. The reason for that is because folks, we are losing our children right before our eyes. And the reason for that is because there's little Christian influence they see at home and in the church. Of course, that's not true here in CCF. Of course, we are the exception, okay? I I hope not, okay? I hope we're stirred up to see that what is true out there can be true here, and therefore we need to do something about it. So here is a picture again While Christianity is the answer to the present social disorder, it is not proving so because it is not practiced truly, fully, and radically. Wow, so I introduced the word radical again because that's what I'm gonna talk about. There is a great lack of good Christian witness and influence out there. Why? Because many Christians are not transformed, ouch. Many Christians only like to go to heaven but they don't like to change while they're here. Many Christians remain spiritual infants. Many Christians don't like to change because change is painful. And as a result, because of lack of transformation, there is, good, there is lack of good Christian influence around us. There is much head knowledge, but lacking in obedience and transformation. Right, Mike? There are three mics here. One, two, three, four. That's why when I say, right, Mike? Nobody responds, okay? (laughs) There is much head knowledge, but lacking in obedience and transformation. Wow. Many Christians out there are deluded about their salvation. I talked about this yesterday. Those of you who were here in the intentional discipleship training, I brought this out. Because many Christians out there are deluded. They think that Christianity is just going to church, going to Bible study, going to church, going to Bible study. And, you know, we develop a term for those people, Zimbabweans, okay? Zimbabwe, 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 okay? And many Christians are like that. They think Christianity is just going to church on a Sunday and attending Bible study in the middle of the week. And, by the way, I give my offering. And please, don't mess with my life. Don't even bother to tell me what's wrong with me. And that's why, don't be surprised why Christianity is deluded. They're deluded about their faith and they're deluded about their salvation. Many Christians today believe they are saved, but actually not. I'm making strong claims here because, like I said, if you close your eyes to reality and truth, something can go awfully wrong. Truly saved Christians are not just saved. If you're really true Christians, folks, you're not just saved. You must be transformed and must be sanctified. Otherwise, Christianity is not here. Christianity must be evident. So, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. Transformed Christians walk the talk. They are radical. Transformed Christians are radical. That's why I want to talk about radical Christianity. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and every sin that entangles us. Transformed Christians do not live in sin. They do not tolerate sin. They obey all. Any small sin should bother a transformed Christian's. But if you are a Christian and you are not bothered at all and you say, oh, God has forgiven me anyway, I'm just going to wait until heaven. In the meantime, my sins are forgiven. Wrong! That's the reason why Christians are not transformed. They, they cling on to that grace that is often misinterpreted. That's why they live in sin and therefore they're not radical. So, again, this morning wanted radical Christians. So look at each other and say, be radical. Come on. Look at each other and say, be radical. Hmm. Hmm. Hard to say it, huh? Radical Christians are made, not born. Radical Christians are built up, not born. Okay. And you know, if we are radical, this statement of G.K. Chesterton, okay, will no longer be true. Amen? In other words, if we are radical, we will eliminate this problem. And therefore, we would like to talk about how to become radical Christians this morning because radical Christians will influence their families and others. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. But if we become radical, I believe we are going to solve that problem that is being stated in the churches today. Radical, let's start with the word radical. What does it mean? The Latin word for radical is radix, meaning root. Oh, radical has got to do with roots, with the root, ugat, okay? Deep at the root. So if you say you're a radical Christian, you are deeply rooted Christian, okay? Radical. Another term for radical is extreme change. If you say you're radical, you're not just the usual Zimbabwe Christians, okay? You are radical because you are different. For example, we say radical giving. What's radical giving? You just don't give 10%. You give your whole property, okay? So, you know, we want you all to be radical, okay? Because this building is not enough for us. We have to have more money to build, okay? I'm just kidding, okay? But radical means extreme. And the Lord is expecting us to be extreme rather than ordinary. God wants us radical. Yes? Yes. Okay. Radical. Extreme above the usual. I'll show you a picture of radical, okay? Huh? You're not radical. Okay? Only in the Philippines, man. I'm telling you. Okay? All of his carabaos died. So he used a beautiful car. Radical. Another radical picture. Only in the Philippines. Okay? My goodness. That's why you should be proud that you're Filipinos. No? Filipinos are radical. Can you imagine that? Huh? Okay. Joke. Radical, deep, extreme Christians, what are they? They love radically. They love even their enemies and forgive their enemies and bless their enemies. Are you that close? Uh Uh-oh. They give radically even their own lives when needed. They forgive radically even the killers of their families Jesus did that, they serve radically expecting nothing in return. They obey radically, winning what? They obey all, they're not selective. They obey all, all that Christ has commands. And they sacrifice radically to the point of death. Folks, that's radical. And you know, if we're going to live like this, whoa, I think Christianity will be different and it will start to address the social disorder that it's supposed to be addressing. These are the Christians worthy of their calling, and these are the good witnesses, and these are the good laborers of the harvest. But we're not radical, are we? While most of us Christians know what to do, it is usually normal not to be able to obey all, right? Because we say we are, taolang po, work in progress. We're so quick to give reasons. Darating din po You know, many Christians are like that. They're quick to give reasons, and in fact, they are very exceptional, right? Not exceptional that you are an extremely good-looking uh, golfer like me, or. You know, or exceptional when you stand up and teach or something. No, I'm talking of you are the exception to the rule most of the time, okay? And you say, you no, know, God understands, because we are unable, naman, usually to obey. He knows that we're trying hard anyway. You know, we are so quick to give excuses. That's the reason why we're not radical. I think we should begin to address that. No, folks, no, God. Wants us radical. God doesn't want us to be exceptional, being the exception to the rule all the time. Because tao lang po. Marani po kung inaasikaso busy pa po. No, you know God wants us to be deeply radical because that's the only thing that the world needs for Christianity to have an impact. Radical Christians are standouts. They stand out. They're above the normal Christians. Radical Christians are obedient most of the time, if not all the time. Obedient to all. Radical Christians are living like Jesus lived. Did you hear me? Living like Jesus lived. They are simply, radical Christians, are simply Christ-like in all. If you want to be radical, very simple. June, you have to be radical, and you have to live Christ-like in all. Why are you covering your face? Okay. Okay, now I'm just, you know, I love this man. So, key to be radical. What is the key? Many are not radical because they don't know the key to be radical. So, this morning, I'm just going to talk to you about how to be radical, and the Apostle Paul was a radical Christian, and he shares the key. He said, First 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. Paul imitated Christ to be Christ-like in all. So, you want to be radical? <laughs> you want to be radical? Yeah. I know it's hot. If you want me to stop, you better listen, okay? Because we're going to stay here till one o'clock if you don't listen, okay? You want to be radical? Yeah. Very good, okay? Then key is be Christ like in all. Love like Christ, because Christ loved even his enemies. Give like Christ, because Christ gave his very life, even to the point of death, even death on the cross. Forgive like Christ because Christ at the death, at at the crucifixion said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Ouch. Like Christ. Serve like Christ, expecting nothing in return. He washed the feet of his disciples. That's radical. Obey like Christ. Jesus obeyed all, by the way, even to the point of death. His father said, go to the cross. Think about those people in CCF who need you. You need to go and die. And he obeyed because he's radical. And then he sacrificed radically to the point of death. He was nailed to the cross. This statement will no longer be true if we are Christ-like. Amen? This statement will cease to exist. In fact, I can cross it out. G.K. Chesterton, you're wrong. Because beginning today, our Christians will become so Christ-like this statement will no longer be true. You know, there were two Christian ladies. Um, they were fighting over a Louis Vuitton bag in a shopping center. This is mine. No, I came this way. No, this is mine. This is the only one left. This is mine. Okay, I think, if I'm not mistaken, one is Christy, the other one is... Oh, Siwini. Oh, nga, dalawa silang magkapatid, Okay. Okay. And then they were fighting, and then the discipler, the discipler of these two ladies, uh, she's not here. I don't know why. Okay, Tess Beherano Okay, okay, Tess, are you here? Okay, no. Okay, the discipler said, "Hey, hey, hey! Stop fighting! Here is how you resolve that." Okay. What would Jesus do? What will Jesus do? he asked Winnie, uh, Wilma and, and, uh, and Christy, okay? So they're they actually sisters. Is Christy here? Oh, there, okay? She's hiding, okay? Wilma's here, okay? They're, they're fighting over the Louis Vuitton. And then Tes Behrano said, hey, stop that. You behave. What will Jesus do? And then they pause. They look at each other. And then Christy said, you be Jesus, Okay? CCF, let's be Jesus, okay? Let's be Jesus. Actually, let's be like Jesus to be radical Christians who are good witnesses. Oftentimes, we don't want to be Jesus because being Jesus means letting go of the Louis Vuitton and letting the other enjoy it. Being Jesus means being comfortable and not being, uh, being, being, being distressed and being put in a position of being what? Uncomfortable. Many times we don't like that. And as a result, we don't become radical at all. Radical Christ-likeness is God's predestined purpose for Christians. Did you hear me? God saved us for nothing else but to become radical. And I I clearly see that in Romans 8.29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Guys, God saved us to be Christ-like, period. Radical. What's radical? Be like Christ. And what is the will of God for us, according to Romans 8:29? He saved you and me to become Christ-like. And if we are not becoming Christ-like, I don't know. Are we saved? I will repeat, if we're not becoming Christ-like, maybe we're not saved because the Bible is very clear. He predestined us to become conformed to the image of his son if we are saved. So he saved us to be Christ-like radical and that we must be, no more, no less. So, how do we become radical Christians, Christ-like indeed to the root? First, know what Christ-likeness looks like and then measure it. Here I go again. I keep repeating the same thing over and over because many Christians miss it. If you want to become Christ-like, you better know what Christ-likeness looks like. Right, John? Otherwise, if you take a look at each other and say, be radical, what does it mean? Be Christ-like. What does it look like? I don't know. So from now on, if you want to be radical, make sure that you understand what radical means. You better know what Christ-likeness looks like and we're going to talk about that. Second, Cultivate Christ's likeness by knowing the roots of Christ's likeness, to seek it, to cultivate it, and to pursue it. So let's talk about the first. What Christ likeness look like, then measure ourselves against it. Okay? I submit to you there is a picture of Christ's likeness. And I ask everyone of the people that were discipling to memorize this. I know many of you know this already, but I just would like to bring it home over and over again. In fact, if you want to become radical Christians, may I suggest that you memorize this passage and recite it every day of your life. Because if you do, you will understand what it means to behave radical. You know, um, yesterday, uh, after the the, the session here, I felt like I needed to go home and do some work because I have to finish this message. And, you know, my daughter came in I was the only one at home. There was no car to use because my wife went with the others to go somewhere, okay? They, they, they were out. So I was, I was home. And then my daughter came in and, you know, she noticed I was alone. And then she asked me, Kumain ka na, oh, sarap ano, sarap pakinggan, okay? And then, you want me to go outside and get something for you? Oh, wow. You know, if there's one Christ-like behavior, I think that's it, okay? Thank you, anak, okay? Thank you. And that night, you know, she bought me a big, big tortilla and a big ano yon? never mind. Basta. Lumaki, yon. <laughs> Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. This is radical. It means be selfless. It means be humble. You, you regard other people first before your very own. But you know why? You know why Christians are not radical? Because they think about themselves first before others. Right? Most of us do because we're not conscious of what Christ-likeness looks like. But beginning today, ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to become the radical Christians that we ought to be, believe me, okay, you have to look at the person next to you and say, you are my priority and I'm going to look for your interest. Later, there's two lechons downstairs, okay? We will see who is radical, okay? We will see who is not radical, okay? And believe me, if we're all radical, that, those two lechons will not be touched. Okay? Ha, 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 okay? Testing, testing number one, okay? So, Continue. What does Christ's likeness look like? Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, And being made in the likeness of man and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. This is what we call selfless humility to the point of death. You know what Christ's likeness looks like? Selfless and humble. Period. Okay? It is not how, how, how big you give to the church. It's not how often you attend your D group meetings. It's not how often you come here and sing to the Lord. No, it's how deeply rooted, selfless, and humble you are. Until then, believe me, you don't understand what being radical and being Christ-like means. Now, this is impossible, folks. To be selfless and humble is easy? No, it's impossible. But let me tell you something. That's the reason why it's only given to the Christians. Because if you're a Christian, you have a power within you to be able to do the impossible. I never understood this. God, you want me to regard other people first? Yes. Because, Danny, I did that for you. Whoa. Okay. But this is impossible. I know. That's why I gave you the Holy Spirit to be able to do it. Whoa. I said, no more excuses, Lord. I'll do it. I'll practice it. I want to be radical. This is what it looks like. So, this has a purpose. Later on, we will crucify you one by one, okay? Anyone who would like to become radical, please step forward. We will crucify you. I'm just kidding. The cross is a symbol of what? Selfless humility. This is likeness and this is radical. The question, are we this? Between you and God, I think it's about time to say enough is enough. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You don't even have to look far. Look within your family. In the family, the harvest is plentiful, believe it or not. The problem is we're not impacting is because we're not radical. We're still untransformed, and they see us as what? Hypocrites. You know, I'm not here to give a good message, I mean a comforting message. I'm here to steer people up, because like what the statement says, if we don't see what's going on, we will never be able to address the issue. So, how can we become radical and Christ-like, therefore? We now know what it looks like, selfless and humble. Look at the person next to you. Selfless and humble? No, don't, don't look at him. You ask the person next to you, am I selfless and am I humble? Come on, come on, come on, come on. And then the other person, no, you're not, okay? You know, it's about time. You know, it's a hard reality to face. Why? Because we're naturally selfish. We're naturally proud. Number two. Number two. Cultivate Christlikeness by knowing what the root of Christlikeness is, to seek after it and to cultivate it. Know the root of selfless humility. You know what the root of selfless humility is? You know, first, I would like you to know that humility has nothing to do with self. Anything that has the word self in it is bad selfie <laughs> patay kayo, okay anything with self is not good selfish self-righteous self-will you know these are all good in the human world right it's my self-will i am self-seeking i am self-established i'm self-made and daming ano puro self you know but in reality that is drawing you farther away from being radical as a christian and making you more like the world, carnal. Sad, but true. This is the issue. First, know that it's got nothing to do with self. Okay? What? Know who you really are versus who God is and who Jesus is. Did you hear me? You got to take a look at yourself and say, Who am I versus that God and versus this Jesus? We sang good songs today. Jesus, you're all I need. Jesus, you're enough. You know, we sing it with all of our hearts. But do we really mean it? You know, do we know who you are versus that person that you're singing to? Do you know who you are versus that God that you call the God of the Israelites? The God of the Bible? You have to know who you are versus that God. Until then, you will be full of yourself, ladies and gentlemen. And until then, you will have a difficult time being radical. Know that you are nothing and empty, first and foremost. Have an attitude that you are empty. That's why in Philippians it says, verse 6, who although existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Whoa. Wow, this is loaded. You know who Jesus is? the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who made you and me, everything came into being because of him, what did he do? He gave up. He gave up his his being God, and he emptied himself to become an ordinary human being like you and me. And look at ourselves. We are so full of it, right? I am me. I am self-made. I, 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 me, mine. There's a movie, I, me, and myself, right? Okay, I hope you watch that, okay? And then do the exact opposite of what those people are doing. Empty himself. Empty means nothing. Empty means nobody. You know, you have to know who you are versus who God is. You know, I, I, I want a picture of, I, I, I can't come up with a picture, but until you realize that God is so big and you're so small and God can just do this to you, you will never have a good perspective of who God is. We are nothing, folks. We are the created he is the Creator. What has the created has to say to the Creator? Nothing. Can you tell to God, God, I don't like this, huh? Okay? I don't like this. OK? You gave me a white that I don't like, huh? I don't like? Huh? I will change, huh? I will change. Come on. You are not the Creator. You are the created, and you have no right to say anything to the Creator. That's the beginning of humility. Until you realize that, believe me, folks, you will be so full of yourself and you will always be proud and arrogant. Know who you are against Jesus. Simply, it's like this versus God and versus Jesus. Versus God, you are nothing, He is the creator, you are the created. Versus Jesus, you are the sinner and the offender, and He is the forgiver and the savior. Hey, guys, let me start this way. The root is to know that only Jesus can save you from your sins. The root is Jesus is the only Savior that you and I can have. Until then, you will not be saved. And until you are saved, you will never become radical Christians. And I know in my heart, many Christians believe they're saved. But you know, because of the evidence that they walk around behaving not like Christians, I really doubt if they really understand the gospel. And that's why I wanna take this, 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 this point. I'd like to share with you God's spiritual laws again. They are clear, directly clear about this, that Jesus is the only one who can save you from your sins and therefore you make him as your savior. Until you understand this fact, we will never become radical. God's spiritual laws are very clear. By the way, you, there are many laws. There are the law of the land and there are natural laws. But there are spiritual laws, by the way. And many many, many people, including Christians, they respect the law of the land more than they respect the law of God. Okay? You guys, you guys are very aware that if you run 70 on a 50 stretch, you'll be arrested by the police. And if the police flags you down and you say to the police, but officer, I did not know, okay? I did not know your law. What will the police say? Oh, you're excused. You're not. Ignorance of the law does not excuse you. That's why all of us, every time we go around, we are so serious about following the, natural, the, the civil law, okay? And there are also natural laws, by the way. And we respect the natural law. How come the maker of the civil law and the natural law, we don't even respect? God. God has spiritual laws, and His spiritual law says you need only to commit one sin to go to hell. Yeah, okay, guys, you have to understand this. He gave a law: one sin, you go to hell. Romans 6:23 and Revelations 21:8. In fact, in Revelations 21:8, He says, "You lie, just being a liar, you go to hell." Now you say, "I don't like that law." Okay, question: Will you be excused? Louder. No. no. I want you to understand that. The sooner you know the spiritual law of God, the more you will respect it and the more you probably will call Jesus to save you. Number two, this sin problem must be solved. All of your sins must be forgiven to avoid hell. How? Hebrews 9.22, John 14.4, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in Hebrews, it's very clear why Jesus is the only one who can save, we can solve the sin problem. You want to go to heaven? Eliminate all of your sins. How? by believing that Jesus is the one who shed his blood because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Spiritual law number two. Spiritual law number three. Believe Jesus is the only one who can save you and ask him into your life as your savior and Lord. John 1.12, to those who receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. Folks, you will never be radical until you understand the gospel. That's why I'd like to stop at this point in time. Enough is enough if you have not seen yourself being transformed, becoming more and more like Christ, folks, maybe you never understood the gospel in the first place. Maybe you need to understand that you're a sinner, and once sin you go to hell. Maybe you need to understand that you need Jesus to save you because Jesus is the only one who can eliminate all of your sins. Maybe it's about time you say, Jesus, I want to understand. I want to stop being ordinary, and I want to become radical because I want you, and I'm beginning to understand that I cannot save myself and you are my savior. I'd like you to bow your heads right now. Come on, please, bow your heads. If there's an opportunity for you to ask, because I've done this many times as a Christian, until you are saved, until you are a Christian, you will never be able to experience the radical Christian life. Say this to yourself, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Now I know that only one sin, I'm going to hell. I will not reject this. Now I know that you are the only solution to my sin problem because you went on the cross to die for my sins. I want to be radical, Lord. I want to have that power and I don't want to go to hell. I want all of my sins forgiven. And Lord Jesus, say this, come into my life. I believe in you as my Savior and my Lord because you said so and I need you to transform me. I need you to make me born again so that I can become the radical Christians that I need to be. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Make me the kind of radical Christians that I need to be. Amen. If you pray that prayer, nothing nothing wrong, believe me. In my Christian life, I probably prayed many times because I wanted to be sure. I just didn't want to assume that I'm saved. I wanted to be sure that Jesus is really in my heart because I understand. And when you understand, believe me, with Jesus in you, you have eternal life and you are going to heaven and you're born again. And this will now be true. What is going to be true? Those whom he saved he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. Wow, now I can claim this. Now this will happen to me. And Lord, say to the Lord, Lord, make this happen to me because I am saved. This is radical. Jesus is not only Savior, he must be Lord of your life. Meaning, he wants you to obey all of his commands. God's appointed way to make Jesus our Savior and Lord to be Christ-like in all is to make disciples. So I'll end with this. Wanted radical Christians, radical Christians are made, not born. Radical Christians are built up, not born. What is missing? To make radical Christians, to build up radical Christians, we need disciple making. What is missing is the making and the building up of radical Christians. And making disciples is the means to build and make radical Christians. No other way, folks, except this command behind me. Making disciples is the means to build up radical Christians. Making disciples will deepen and grow our Christ-like selfless humility, the roots. Making disciples is the practice which every Christian must do daily to develop the muscles of radical Christianity. Let me make myself clear. If you want to do something for yourself, like lose weight, you see a picture of what your weight now is, big, to what your weight in the future is. You see a vision, right? That vision of reality will not happen until you do something in between, yes or no? Until you go to the gym and carry those weight, right? You know, that's the problem with Christianity. We know the vision, but we don't have the means to get there. All right? How do you get there? For crying out loud, st- stop eating buffet, okay, and then go to the gym. All right? Because if you don't stop doing what you're doing right now, you'll never change. That's why the means is required. And I'm telling you, Christianity is the same. You want to become radical? You are radical only in the head. You are never radical in practice because you don't have the means to be able to do it. And I submit to you. If you need the muscles, okay, if this is radical Christianity, those muscles, those, those big, big six-pack, you need the weights. And weights is making disciples. You understand what I'm saying? Until you make disciples, you will never have the muscles. You know, every time, every time I go into, a, into a, a great service of Pastor Peter, Pastor Peter says, hey, love your enemies, forgive your enemies. You know, after the message, I am, I am so touched. I am so, wow, I said, Lord, I'll forgive my enemies. But when I realize who my enemies are, I drop it. <laughs> you know why? Because the commands of God are radical. The commands of God are like 2,000 pound weights that he wants us to carry. And here we are, we're so excited. Oh, I can do this, I can do this, 2,000 uh, pounds. okay? You know why? Because you never develop the small muscles in the first place. Simple, 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 simple obedience. Like, you know, pray. Like, you know, um, uh, I say, you know, um, uh, be patient, or um, do this, do that. You know, there, there, there are no, there are no practice. Obey the small thing first before you can do and obey the bigger ones. And you know why? Because you're not into disciple making. The moment you go into disciple making, this will change. CCFLA, what is our mission? To honor God by making Christ-committed followers who will make Christ-committed followers. We're so focused on this command. Yet, many of us don't do it. Because we don't see the value. The value is very simple. Radical Christianity that will impact the people around you to change them and to change yourself. Oh, wow, I like that. Every member, a disciple, Imad, we call it. There you go. You wanna realize, Imad? Hey, there's there's the way. Pastor In Song plays it. Every family, a D group. You want every member of the Christian body to become disciples? Believe me, disciple your family, and every one of us in this community will become disciples. Without making disciples, there is not much Christ like witness. Without Christ likeness, we have little or no influence over the people around us, both Christians and non Christians, I submit to you. Little influence. This explains why the millennials are living. Let's put an end to this. Let's put an end to this. Let's put an end to this. Christianity is the solution, but it's not powerful enough. Let's make it powerful. Let's practice it. Let's live it out. And let's start with our young people here, okay? They, you? Okay, yeah, you, okay. Okay, we, let's, let's, let's forgive him, he's lying, okay? You know, let's put an end to this, okay? Let's put an end to this. CCF Los Angeles, let's, be intentionally, let's intentionally disciple our family, our very own families. Let's make every family a discipleship group, okay? There are, there are not many qualified Christians in the homes today to counter the tragedy that we see around us. What's the solution? Pray for more laborers. Pray for disciple makers. And if you pray, maybe God will speak to you. With IFAD, we will become radical Christians. But we cannot become radical Christians until we know what discipleship is. You have to understand that it's a two-step process. Two-step. Until you do the two-step, you're not yet making disciples. Number one, baptizing them in the name of the Father. That's making people saved. So, we cannot make disciples unless all of us here are saved. And I hope that when I ask you to review the gospel again earlier, you deeply prayed into your heart to accept Jesus Christ because that's just the first step. The more important step to me that I realize as a pastor that I have not done is number two, teaching them to obey everything. You know why? This teaching them to obey everything is the key to transformation. If you are going to make disciples of your family, husbands, mothers, Children, if you're going to disciple the family, you better be sure that there is transformation. And transformation begins by obeying all. And you know, for me, teaching them to obey all is the most difficult step. That's why I I make an effort to explain this. You must obey, you must obey all first. And I was telling Mike yesterday, I'm going to tell Mike again, Mike, you must obey all first before you can disciple Paula. Because you cannot tell Paula to obey all unless you obey all. Am I, am I clear? Okay? So, you must obey all first. Jesus obeyed all. That's why he expects us to do the same thing. Did Jesus obey all? Yes or no? Yes. Did Jesus sin? No, because he obeyed all. And believe me, he expects no less from us. I, see the, I show you the picture again. This is radical Christianity. This is making disciples and it means obedience to all. So, What are you not obeying now? You know that. Between you and God, you know something that you're not obeying. It may be a simple act of forgiving someone. It may be a simple act of doing something small. But you're not doing it. Believe me, you're not developing the muscles. That's why it's very important for all of us to ask ourselves, the people around us. You know, we ask our children every now and then, how can I improve? What have I done wrong? How can I become a better Christian? That's the way to do it. Because if you don't ask, you will never know. And disciples, please tell your disciples. If they're not obeying something, tell them, hey, Jesus said obey all. You need to obey. And if they don't obey, that's their lookout. That cannot go on, believe me. Exactly how does one teach others to obey all? I showed this yesterday. This is the way to teach others to obey all. Do you see this? Children close their ears to advice but open their eyes to example. You don't have to say da, 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 da. No, just do it, okay? And when you do it, people, your children, the people whom you are discipling will follow. I call this intentional disciple making. People can deny what you say, but they cannot deny what you are. Modeling is letting your actions support your words. Your living example establishes your authority. Ouch. Okay. As you model Christ-likeness to others, you will surely become Christ-like yourself. Discipleship begins at home. Picture your family now. You know, um, we encourage all our satellites now. Every time you go to worship, family should sit together, okay? You know, your children should be sitting with your parents. Look at them. Right now, they're separated from their parents, okay? Um, I I think we should put an end to that Every time we come to worship, children, stay with your parents. Or parents, if you, they don't wanna go, just sit with them. And if they go away, you follow them, okay? <laughs> Seriously, okay? Because I think that's the way to start discipling, discipling, discipling the home. It begins at home. Disciple your family. Disciple your family. Be, la, be the Christ-like radical family that God intended you to be. A selfless, humble family pleases God and glorifies God the most. Disciple your family and you will be Christ-like radical family God predestined you to be. Okay? Disciple your family how? If you're a Christian husband, if you're here, you're a husband, I don't have to ask you to stand up. Make a commitment. Disciple your family. Your wife first, then your children. If you're here, you're a single mom, you're a single father, hey, you can make disciples. Disciple your children. It's about time. If you're a single Christian and your parents are not here, disciple your parents. Disciple your siblings. How does that start? Very simple. Just pray, care, share. Just show them how to become a selfless, humble Christian at home. You know? Establish the relationship. Many times we cannot share with them the gospel is because the relationship is broken. But how can you restore the relationship? Show them who you are first. Show them that you're a selfless and humble Christian really ready to do the first move to restore the relationship. Christian husbands, again, disciple your family. First your wife. Together, your wife, your children. You know, if you talk to your wife later and your wife reacts this way, "Ah," okay, I suggest you spunk her, okay? No, 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 no. I suggest you model selfless humility to her and embrace her, okay? So if you're with your wife, embrace your wife right now, okay? Ooh, ooh. Tell your wife, I'm going to disciple you whether you like it or not. Now, those husbands who are sleeping, wake them up, okay? Wake them up. Okay, tell them, okay? You are supposed to disciple. Now, okay, dad, dad, disciple your children like a selfless dad because one day, your son would be Christ-like, humble dad himself. Wives, submit to your husbands and help them model Christ-likeness to your children. It's key, okay? It's very, very important that you do that. Now, how do we formalize this? We, We keep telling people, you need to formalize this, guys. Later, later, before you go home or tonight, you need to formalize this. Mike, Mike, formalize it. When you say formalize, formal, okay? You face each other and say, okay, enough is enough. I will disciple you, okay? Puede? right? Formalize, okay, with with God as the witness. So, when I say formalize, okay, husbands, you don't go like this. Hoy, sabi sa akin ni Pastor Rinsong at ni Pastor Danny ako ang disciple mo, okay? Okay? Hindi ganon, okay, huwag ganun, because that is what? Throwing authority, and it's not not good. In fact, what you do is what? You kneel down, okay? George, kneel down right now. And go like this, okay? Will you marry me? Okay? Again, okay? No, kneel down and say, Dear honey, I'm not the perfect husband, but I now understand what it means to make an impact to you and to our children. I want to disciple you intentionally from now on. Do that. And believe me, God will honor you. And wives, if your husband will do this, don't do this. Hoy! Hoy! mas marami pa kaya akong alam sa'yo. Hindi mo pa nga basam book of John? Tuturuan mo ko? Pagbasa ka muna ng Bible, no? Okay? Please, don't react this way. No. In fact, embrace them. Yesterday, my wife shared this with the ladies. You know, in your hands, lay the success of discipleship at home. So what do you do? Have tea with your husband. What do you mean tea? Okay? Well, At every opportunity, thank your husband for making the step to disciple you and your children. Amen? Okay. Wives, look at me. Will you do that? Huh? Wilma? Okay. (laughs) Encourage. Encourage June all the time. Thank you, June, for stepping up and then affirm. Well done. Well done. Wow. That was difficult. I saw that. But you know what? Thank you. Thank you for trying and it's a blessing to us. Whoa. Believe me, Transformation is in the offing. Wanted radical Christians. Radical Christians are made, not born. Radical Christians are built up, not born. So, let's make EFAD and Imad will follow. CCF LA, will, we will surely be the radical Christians and the radical families and the church that Jesus will build. As CCF, as we make EFAD, every family a discipler, our assurance of Jesus surely I am with you always will be upon each and every one of us to be victorious and to make a difference and with the presence of Jesus always with us I submit to you our families will surely become radical and humble and when that happens the prayer the prayer of the nation if my people will humble themselves if my people who are called by my name the Christians will humble themselves and pray wow If we start with humility, if we start with disciple-making, we will all be selfless, humble Christians, and believe me, God will heal your family and will heal your land. Last challenge, CCF families, CCF Los Angeles families, will you accept the challenge to make disciples? Hello? Yes! (laughs) Will you accept the challenge to make disciples? Will you accept the challenge to make every one of your family members a disciple yes. so that our mission of every member a disciple will be realized? Accept the challenge, and God will bless you, and God will bless this nation. Let's pray. God, sorry for going over time, but I just need to share this truth so hard because this is the missing link for many of us not impacting the world out there. So Lord, begin with us. Thank you for saving us. Allow us now to be transformed by being radical Christians, obeying all, and modeling it all. There's no other way. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.